Hey, senders. Welcome to another episode of the segment. This is episode 23 with my special guest, Steve Cavallaro. Please join us as we talk to Steve about mindset, um, sacrifices, and hard work to get things done. And I also love how he answers the questions at the end of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. But before we get started, I do always want to say thank you to the sponsors of the show. Special thank you to Tasco. Tasco, the awesome shirt company for providing writer support to the segment podcast. Check out the Tasco Scout Shorts, and they have some great new things coming down the pipeline here in the near future. So check out Tasco if you get a chance. And I do have a link for a 10% off promotional code for you so you don't have to pay full price. Also, special thank you to the Bully Brands for protecting my eyes while I'm out on the trails and providing me great eyewear for my lifestyle. The Bully Brands include Spy Optic, Bolay, and Serengeti. If you get a chance, check out Spy Optic. I am riding with the Foundation Spy Goggles in my mountain bike riding, and um, I absolutely love those. And in lifestyle, I have the Cyrus glasses, which um, make my drives and my everyday lifestyle extremely comfortable and um, I think stylish. Lastly, special thank you to 7IDP, 7 Intelligent Design Protection for all of your support and protecting me while I'm out on the trails. I'm currently riding the 7s um, Flex Knee Pads as well as uh, the 7IDP Project 23 Carbon Fiber Helmet. That uh, helmet keeps me extremely safe and cool and comfortable on the ride. All right, guys, without further ado, please welcome my special guest, Steve Caballero. All right, senders, we are live. And on the segment podcast tonight, I have my special guest, Mr. Steve Caballero. And yes, it's true. <laughs> the rumors that you hear is that Steve Caballero has started mountain biking, and we'll definitely get into all that. Um, and it's really hard to introduce this gentleman because, one, he's a legend in the skateboarding world, but he also does so many other things. And there's so much more to Steve Caballero than the legendary skateboarder. Um, so I wanted to just give it, I wanted to open it up to Steve Caballero to just give yourself a, an interview or a an intro of you and say what's up to everybody. Hey there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steve Caballero and I'm a professional skateboarder and artist, motocross rider, mountain bike enthusiast now. Yes. And uh, play music in a band. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, and the band is called? Urethane. Urethane, yes. Kind of, kind of relates to skateboarding a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we just started the band just recently, and we've already got signed by a little small label that's run by a member from No Effects. So, oh yeah. Caleb. <laughs> 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 What's up, Caleb Cavallaro in the background, everybody? <laughs> I'm in the kitchen, so. That's that is awesome. He's trying to get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
And Caleb is following after his dad's footsteps, uh, being in multiple sports as well. I've seen footage of him. Obviously, he's a great, great skateboarder. I've seen him on the scooter. Um, I've seen him on the BMX bike. Caleb, I saw him on a mountain bike as well. Yeah, it's we all over the place. Together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He rides dirt bikes, and uh, he's really into gaming right now. That's his, that's his thing. Yeah. So. Chip off the old block, doing everything. Trying, trying, <laughs> trying to get him off the computer these days and back to uh, <laughs> action sports. yeah he would have had a great time today that's for sure we uh we'll talk about the ride today that was man that was something else i see one of our fellow uh flockers or flock mates in the in the crew today mr adam mock is on the line i see him on there here we go check him out saying to you cab renaissance man we got double r he says uh what's that i said great meeting adam today yeah he was it was awesome to have him out there. He he brought the stoke for sure. Um, Double R says, I've been looking forward to this one. What's up, Double R? Welcome to the show. Uh, Griffin, Vu MTV. Ah, it's Cab. <laughs> Likewise. Oh, you know this guy right here, Cab. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> we missed Mr. you today. We did, brother. We did. We had a terrible time, though, Joey. You didn't miss out on anything, right, Kev? <laughs> sure, we didn't miss out on the rain. <laughs> yeah, at the, got, at the end of the ride, we got rained out a little bit, but um, we got we got some we got some in we got some riding in. It was we fun. did we did we did. Yeah, and we also have on the line MTB Rad Dad. He's got an awesome YouTube channel. Actually, just rode with this guy Adam Miller at Greer. And we were actually following you guys, but you guys were ahead of us. Uh, we were climbing up when you guys were going down overdrive. I had some uh, technical difficulties that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, first ride down, I smashed into a rock and I smashed my whole sprocket and my um, derailleur. And it was just downhill, literally downhill from, <laughs> from there. Um, <laughs> no, it it. It was a bummer, but then you know uh, Jeff from YT took my bike and and reconditioned it and uh, got a huge surprise today. Got some new, even more components on the bike uh, that made it just even better. Dude, that bike looked amazing when he wheeled that out. I was like, holy cow! That oh my god, we'll definitely have to uh, we'll definitely have to get into the bike. In fact, here's a good one. Here, here's uh, Isaiah Bernstein. He's actually asking, how do you like the new decoy? Um, I love the bike only because uh, it's got some weight to it because of the battery and it's because it's uh, pedal assist. Um, I, I love the way <clears throat> it feels in the air. I love the way it feels when it's planted in the turns. Um, I ride a lot of dirt bikes, so I'm used to a bike that's heavy. Um, so when I'm riding a, a real light bike, it just feels like it kind of wants to get away from me. Um, but an e-bike definitely, uh, makes me feel more comfortable, um, on the trails, in the air, in turns, and, um, I'm loving this bike, you know, a lot. It's definitely, uh, has given me a lot more confidence riding, and it's definitely helped me, uh, push it to the next level when it comes to downhill mountain biking. It's amazing to watch your progress too, because you have... But you're a different rider. You and I rode the first time together at the um, 
I don't know, are they calling, are they, are they going to call them the YT trails now or the, the San Clemente trails? Yeah. And watching you ride then to watching you ride today is like a whole different person. Um, what would you contribute that to just more time on the bike? But even that more time is a short period of time. <laughs> um, well, let's answer his question real quick. Uh, yeah. Isaiah says, have you ever ridden it from full to dead? Um, I have. I rode it for 37 miles and I made a mistake of putting in boost a few times and it ran out of battery and I was in Palm Canyon and I almost thought I had to push the bike all the way back up the mountain. I was so scared that I wasn't going to make it back up. Um, so yeah, I have, um, it definitely lasted a long time, but when you're in boost mode, it really takes the battery down. Um, so you kind of want to leave it more in trail if you can, um, and eco even more so. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, people that aren't really into e-bikes and, and they definitely feel like they're cheater bikes. But, um, I tell you what, I, I get a full workout when I ride one cause I ride, you know, two or three times as long as much and you're still pedaling. And when the battery does go dead, you're pedaling a really heavy, heavy bike. So you are definitely getting a workout. Um, yeah, I, 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 I highly recommend one um, if you love mountain biking because um, you're definitely going to get the workout. Um, but, you know, back to your question, Mark. Um, I think seat time has a lot to do with it. You know, mm -hmm. I think um, trusting the bike that you're on um, and just having it set up for you makes a huge difference um, in confidence and more so even when you're riding with people, um, the people that you ride with will help push you to that next level. And I've found that even in motocross, if I'm riding a new track and I'm not really sure of this huge double, um, it's really comfortable to, to um, follow somebody mm -hmm. um, off a jump so you kind of know the speed. So the way that I've progressed um, – downhill mountain biking and clearing doubles that I'm not sure of is just following somebody and making sure you're going the same speed as they are. So you're not guessing uh, because obviously there's consequences if you come up short and there's consequences if you go long, you know, mm. so definitely I have to say a lot of it has to do with who I ride with uh, that's making me get to that next level. Mm, that's a good way to answer that. That's so true. When you get towed in, it's nice and um, being able to not have to guess at that speed, like you said, it, it's very comforting. And then the trust factor too, when you're riding with folks that you trust, um, that helps a lot too. Definitely. <laughs> and yeah. um, and I try to hook up with people that are skilled and, and, and know the place because that's another thing too is trying, you know, I've been riding a lot of new different places. So guessing what's around the next corner <clears throat> is a feat in itself. Like if you've never been down that trail, but if you're following somebody, um, you can at least see ahead of you and see what's going on before you get to that next turn, uh, what's coming up. And what the thing I love about mountain biking is it's really helping me with motocross because it's really teaching me to look ahead which is very important when you ride a dirt bike is to look ahead and not look down at your front tire. Cause when you're on a dirt bike, you tend to just look down to see where you're at, especially if you're in ruts and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and it's really important to look ahead. 
Wow. Yeah, that's true. And then too, the, the cardiovascular part of the mountain biking, does that seem to help out when you're doing moto as well? I believe so. You know, yeah. um, I have an acoustic bike as well that uh, I can use for cross training as well. Um, but, you know, the more and more I get into mountain biking, the more and more it's not so much about the climbing, but it's, it's about going down and going mm-hmm. fast and, and jumping big jumps. And when I first got in the ride, it was more about climbing, conditioning. Um, and I would avoid the trails going down with the jumps because I wasn't comfortable uh, mm. jumping. You know, it was a little scary. Um, I get a little bit more scared jumping on a mountain bike than I do a dirt bike, even though I'm going five times further on a dirt bike. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen some something... footage of that. What's that? I've seen some footage of you on the on the moto bike, and, and those jumps are big. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always tell everybody, you know, um, if the jump is huge, just give it a little bit more gas, and the faster you go, the smaller <laughs> the jump gets. You know? <laughs> less, so, less time, yeah. Less time, in, you know, in the air. And, and uh, I'm kind of understanding the same thing when it comes to mountain bike. If you, if you kind of keep trail speed, you're going to hit all these doubles that are coming up that you don't, you don't really know. So... I think it's really important to keep the trail speed and I'm still trying to trust my tires and uh, trusting going fast in the corners, you know, cause it's also teaching me not to um, break in the corners as well. And I tend to see to do that uh, in motocross mm. and um, I'm, I feel like I'm always on the brakes um, on mountain bike cause I just don't want to go off a cliff or, right. you know, push a berm. Um, so, you know, I, I just think I need more uh, seat time and that'll teach me to lay off the brakes and, and, and start uh, trusting the, the berms. It's, it's incredible how quickly I've seen you progress in, in the last, what, month and a half or so, Cab, since we first rode together. It's, it's insane to me <laughs> how, <laughs> how, how quick it is. And, and when, I, when I see you, I know it's you. And then when we're riding, I know it's you. But I'm like, damn, he's... He did that this time, and he did that this time. It's always you're you're picking off something new, and uh, and you're always doing it with so much stoke. Like today, it was that new jump with the with the the little uh, PVC pipe towards the bottom that double, mm-hmm. and then the jump at the top of the jump line where we were today. We were in uh, the San Clemente area, and you did that. You didn't hesitate to go off of that, <laughs> and then you did the canyon jump too. <laughs> My yeah. God. Um, just cause I just knew in my mind that that's something that I wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you just have to have a positive mental attitude, you know, when it comes to, um, uh, activities or sports that are risk taking, you know, you definitely have to uh, have a, a mindset about yourself that you can't be afraid of the consequences or you're never going to get to that next level. And, mm. You know, I think confidence plays a big role um, when it when it comes to accomplishing goals, and I try to use that mindset with everything that I do. You know, um, so you know, I, I I think it's very helpful, but you know, um, sometimes it can bite you because you can have you can be overly confident mm-hmm. and uh, do something that's over your skill level. You know, and that's when you get hurt. And mm-hmm. when you're progressing to another level. Um, the consequences uh, are are heavier. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, faster and bigger. 
you know? Yeah. Um, that, uh, that now when you talk about the confidence mindset, um, it, for the folks who know, I'm pretty sure everybody that's going to be listening to this podcast or, or watching this now knows who Steve Caballero is, but they may not know that he learned a lot of these lessons early on in life. Um, for example, Steve, when you went pro and you joined the Bones Brigade, you were you, you were saying you were 14 years old. True. Right? 14 years old, and you were already traveling, and you got into the public eye pretty quickly. And there was a lot of, like, everyone knows Steve Caballero with the pictures and, and the pro and the, you know, being on videos and stuff. But probably what they didn't realize is behind the scenes how much sacrifice and hard work that that takes. Could you, you tell us a little bit about, you know, the lessons that you learned there through sacrifice and, and hard work? Because um, otherwise, it's just easy to look at it and go, of course, that's Steve Caballero, you know, of, of course, of course, but kind of behind the curtains, all that hard work, you know, can you tell, talk to us a little bit about that and the mindset behind all that? Well, I mean, um, I think passion and drive have a lot to do with uh, being successful. Um, when you're very passionate about something, you tend to like want to practice it and, and push yourself uh, because you enjoy it. Um, but then you you quickly learn that um, the things that you are you're doing some sometimes are can be very hazardous and and um, there's a lot of pain and suffering from falling and and getting hurt and you you have to be a special type of person that want willing to go through that pain um, for the glory, you know. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned uh, in skateboarding is we you fall a lot before you succeed, mm -hmm. so you, you're definitely a failure every time you go out and try something. Um, so it's kind of like more of a fail to succeed mindset. I love it. Because skateboard is difficult, you know, and the tricks are very hard and, and you have to do them repetition over and over and over to get the right thing. You know, sometimes you can have some people kind of guiding you and showing you what you're doing wrong, but really it's up to the individual um, to figure it out. And that's me. I'm, I'm a, um, a type of person that likes to figure things out. That's why um, I love chess. Chess is a really great game. It's a really game, uh, a good game of like, um, thinking ahead uh, about your moves, thinking about what what move can lead to the next move. And when you link everything together, um, you tend to learn, um, um, what's the word? Um, you kind of you kind of learn uh, the tricks of the trade and you kind of uh, learn um, what works and what doesn't. Um, and you know, some people don't don't do that. They don't put themselves in that position because they're maybe they're afraid to mm -hmm. fall or to get or they're embarrassed, you know. Um, but once you get past of um, not focusing on what other people think and just mm -hmm. kind of focusing on what you're doing, um, you're able to to progress to that next level and succeed. Um, mm -hmm. It's just not, you know, not being afraid to look like a fool, at, you know, at first um, until you get the skills to um to accomplish the goals that you set for yourself. So I learned that really early age skateboarding and I applied that to everything that I do in my life. So um, when it comes to skateboarding, when it comes to motocross, now mountain biking, music, art, 
you got you got to be able to put yourself out there and put yourself in vulnerable um, situations where you're going to get criticized um, and looked at as a failure. You know, hmm. um, so I've been a failure my whole life, but because of that, I've learned to succeed through all through that. Man, I love that. That's such a great lesson. That's the gold in that conversation is it's like you're failing forward. And I love how you, if for anybody who's on the line who has skateboarded or has a sport where you're, you're consistently failing to get better, you know, it's really conditioning you for the future and, and trying new things. And I think cab, you're a great example of it because when you look at, when someone looks at Steve Caballero, somebody put in here, Renaissance man. And, uh, and I love that because you're not afraid to try new things and, and you're not afraid to fall in love with these new things and have such a, a great time doing it and learning and being new at it. But it's almost like you're letting your mind just think about what you're learning to do and enjoying it. And then henceforth you fail and you learn and you fail and you learn. And the next thing you know, you're jumping the Canyon gap, <laughs> you're jumping <laughs> the doubles, you know, you're, you're kicking butt. So well, you know, I, I, it's definitely, it's a goal. It's goals that you set for yourself. And it's like you come back to fight another day, you know? And I, I just know that, um, you know, I know that you can progress to that ne next level if you have the courage and the desire to, and that's, I, and I do. And when I see my friends doing things that I want to do, um, it just helps push me, you know? Um, to that next level. And, um, and I think about it, I think about, wow, you know, I'm glad that I made the effort and I put myself in that position because now I can have a story behind it, walk away and, and maybe also encourage somebody else that may be struggling with um, the fear of believing in this themselves or thinking that they're, they're not good enough, but everybody's good enough if, if you just put the work into it, you know, um, you just got to put the work into it and you have to really, really have uh, confidence, man. Confidence yeah. plays a big role. I love it. And, and not be afraid to be new at something and, and it's okay to fail. It's only like a complete failure if you quit it, right? If you quit that thing, you're like, I'm done, I'm quit. Then that's the end. But if you're like, I, okay, I went left, I should have gone right. You go back at it again, you go right. And you level up and then uh, <laughs> you put in the effort. I mean, it's, it, it, it's great. I always think about the folks and sometimes I get caught in that trap too where I want to try something new, but the fear of starting or the fear of failing is so overwhelming that yeah. you, you don't even do anything. And then time goes by and maybe down the line, somehow you start that thing and you go, God, I wish I would have done that a long time ago. <laughs> no, uh, fear is very paralyzing. You know, it can keep you from doing the things that you really want to do. And one of the big um, lessons I learned from a childhood hero, Evil Knievel, um, he always said that you're never a fail failure until you refuse to get back up. Mm. You know, um, last year I broke my femur um, motocross riding and 11 months later, um, I broke my ankle. Oh, dang! Riding, riding motocross, the same, same uh, riding area, oh. and you know, it definitely did a number to uh, 
my thoughts and my thinking and how dangerous it really is. But um, you gotta, as an athlete, you have to block all that out, you know, and I have, and I know that there's consequences. I know it can happen again, but if you want to progress to that next level, you have to really block those injuries out. Uh, like I have my whole career in skateboarding. I've gotten hurt my whole life, but I've blocked those injuries out and you, you just try to forget about them that you like that, like they never happened. Is it a, is it a mental strength that, that you build when you do that? Or is it more of a positive self-talk like that, um, that may not happen again, or do you, what's, what's the trick for somebody who's no, trying to do this? It's just, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, um, okay. <laughs> but it's definitely a mental thing. It's definitely, you do talk to yourself a lot and you do convince yourself that you can, you can p go through this and, and pass, you know, pass through this and overcome your fear of what's, what's keeping you back, you know, and I've done this my whole life. Um, and I've discovered a lot through motocross as well. I mean, that's a real dangerous sport. I've, I've, I know what can happen. I've seen people die. I've seen people get paralyzed. Oh man. You know, I know that those are, those are consequences that can happen, but, um, you know, the risk outweigh all that, you know, um, I'm just enjoying life and I, and I'm just enjoying what life has to offer and the technology that we have with, with motorcycles and bikes and skateboards uh, are amazing. The terrain that we have is mm -hmm. incredible. So, you know, our life's short and I just want to live it to its fullest and I want to be the best person I can. And if I can encourage and inspire somebody else to do the same thing, um, so be it and more power to them. But I, I try to use my life um, as something that someone can look forward to and say like, hey, you know, Cab's 56 and, and he acts like a 16 year old still, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I don't feel like that sometimes when I fall and get hurt. Because <laughs> Dude, you popped up today pretty quick, man, on that one fall. <laughs> I mean, injuries back in the day used to like, you know, you could brush that off, you know, in an hour or two. But now if you get injured, it turns from weeks to months, you know. Yeah. So that's something that I have to um, always um realize you know uh being um an older gentleman like me it's just like um you know it's just who we are but i, I want to encourage people that age is just a number and you don't really have to feel your age you mm -hmm. know you can feel a lot younger by staying active um eating properly um stay, staying away from drugs and alcohol mm -hmm. um and just try to live a stress-free life, you know? I, I feel like living a stress-free life is beneficial and helps you focus on what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, that's really important uh, point that you make. The drugs and alcohol, definitely, we know that's, that's bad for the system, especially if it's abused um, heavily on the alcohol side. That's um, no good. The stress thing is something that slides under the radar all the time because we have such busy lives and we want to, you know, grow to be this or that. And when we're living these stressful lives, it's just so bad on our, our bodies, all the different chemicals that we put our bodies through under stress. And uh, I noticed 
you had sent a couple of text messages where you had had a picture where you're like best time of the day. And it was like this beautiful picture of like the backyard with how you have it landscaped and the sun setting. So it tells me you take time to mentally like shut it down or, or, or reflect. Um, is that a normal, is that a normal thing that you do cap to help keep the stress down or how do you best keep, keep stress down? Um, don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's only small stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, definitely self-reflect. I'm always reflecting on how the day went, what could I have changed? What could I have done better? Um, you know, even food can become an addiction. Food's dangerous, mm. man. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it's really damaging to your health if you're eating the wrong thing. So in my, as a younger kid, you know, you didn't really think about that and your metabolism is high and you, mm. you think you're invincible, you know. Um, but as you get older, your metabolism slows down. You don't exercise enough. Um, you want to be more convenient with your eating. Um, sugar uh, becomes part of your diet where you start to crave it more. Mm. Um, a lot of those things affect you uh, health wise and they can make you sick. They can keep you sick. They can keep you from healing quickly. Um, you know, food's a very important thing that I think people take for granted a lot. You know, a lot yeah. of people eat based on their taste buds. And a lot of people won't make changes because things taste so good. You know, mm -hmm. I always hear people say like, well, I can't give that up. It tastes too good. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's that's honest uh answer you know i mean that's how addiction is that's why people can't stop drinking when they're addicted to alcohol that's why people can't uh stop taking drugs when they're addicted to drugs because it feels good to them and why would they want to stop but little do they know that these things that that they're doing for short-term pleasures is going to hurt them later on in life and that's where wisdom comes in and I don't have to try everything in life to know that it's bad for me. I just got to look at another person next to me who said, like, that guy lived his life that way. And I know that those things can affect him in a negative way. So I don't even want to go there. You know? Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it always kind of bums me out when people pass away or people have died for certain things that, you know, people want to be hush hush about it. You know, because they're trying to say they're trying to protect the family. They're trying mm -hmm. to, but they're not honest about why this person's life is cut short. And yeah. I think if people would just not try to paint everybody in such a great picture and just let people know what they're struggling with, what their addiction was, that you're not only helping that person, um, but you're helping other people that may be struggling with the same thing. So if you keep everything hush hush about, why someone's no longer with us it's not doing um other people any any benefit except for yeah. making someone look good without helping others and and teaching people like well this person lived a certain life lifestyle that's why his life was or her life was cut short yeah it's almost like they bury the lessons that could be learned and passed on to others by by not being transparent with what really happened and uh yeah that's that i see that could be very dangerous you know for other people who here. yeah no this is great oh um, it says hey cab if 
you could travel back in time, what would you say to your 14 year old self? Yes. Um, I would say stretch every day. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I am the most unlimber person and I'm not dedicated to stretching. Um, it actually takes work for me to, to, to get my, my, in that routine of like stretching before stretching during or stretching after an activity. Um, because you know, I, I feel like I could be a better skateboarder today if there's if I could just bend down and grab my board in a certain way uh, when I was 14 years old. Now at 56, it's a lot harder to, to tie my shoe, you know, or put a sock on because I'm not limber, you know, mm. and the body starts to tighten up if you don't use it, you know. So I would say stretch. Um, that's the one thing I regret um, not doing my whole life is 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 um taking care of my body that way stretching stretching that's that's good and this is uh this question is by the miltonator by the way the miltonator um as you will learn about all these different mountain bikers in in this community the miltonator is one of the one of the uh, foundational folks that we have in the community of mountain biking he has a great youtube channel in fact awesome. he is joining us as he's driving home he's got an hour commute home and the miltonator <laughs> is listening to it right now um what's up milton <laughs> yeah he actually sent me a text message the other day he said he saw us riding together and he wanted to tell me that you were a huge impact on his life awesome. growing up and um, he, he, he looked up to you in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons. So you have a lot of great positive impact on a lot of people, including Mr. Milton right here, who's giving you well, the, I'm, the high five. I'm 5'3", and if he's bigger than 5'3", I'm looking up to him. <laughs> <laughs> Milton, we'll have, <laughs> we'll have to get you out on a ride, Mr. Miltonator. You're, you're going to get blown away by Caballero here. <laughs> he's, he's an amazing writer. Um. Yeah, you know, so stretching for a 14-year-old definitely is, is important for all of us, the, the stretching to prevent injuries, uh, become limber, and to move our bodies in ways that um, we need to do, and especially in these active um, action sports that we're doing, because we could probably reduce a lot of potential injuries if we're, if we're nimble. <laughs> oh, you know, a lot of pool muscles, um, a lot of sprains, um you know, you can avoid that by, you know, stretching properly and making sure you're limber. Um, and yeah. like I said, you know, um, you can accomplish more if, if you have the flexibility in your, in your body and you probably, you know, you won't, you won't hurt certain parts of your body, especially like when you get older, I, I always hear a lot of people with back pain, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, as an athlete, I put a lot of stress on my body, whether it's my ankles, um, my knees, my hips, my back. It takes a pounding, you know, everything that we're doing. Yeah. You no, know, you, if I drop my 450 on the ground, I have to bend down and pick that thing up. That thing's not light, you know, when I'm on the track. Yeah. And I fall a lot on the track, you know, uh, because I'm always trying to progress and I'm trying to learn. Uh, to be a better writer and sometimes it takes falling you know yeah. to get to that next level see everyone failing forward that's <laughs> failing forward I, isaiah bernstein is with a group called the trail dogs and uh, it's a group of fun mountain bike riders and isaiah is actually a uh, marine 
and he is is awesome. And he has a couple questions here for you, Cab. Um, first question he says is, as a mountain biker, do you think getting on a dirt bike would help with confidence in the air and being able to throw your bike around while you're up there? Um, well, I started dirt biking. I is he saying is he saying as a mountain biker getting into motocross or motocross getting into mountain biking? It it looks like it as a mountain biker, if he got on a dirt bike and started dirt biking, would it improve his ability to throw his bike around in the air on a mountain bike when he comes back to mountain biking? Um, well, I know on a dirt bike, uh, you actually have to lean off the bike to get the bike, you know, to be able to throw it around. Um, I know that on a mountain bike, I don't have to like that thing wants to go sideways. It doesn't want to stay straight. <laughs> yeah. you know? So I find it the opposite. Um, it's a lot harder for me in the air on a mountain bike than it is on a dirt bike. Um, obviously, if you can throw your uh, a 450 around, you'll definitely be able to throw a lighter bike around. But being able to throw a bike sideways, um, that's just the first part. Bringing it back is the second part and that's the hardest part. Mm. So I, I watch a lot of mountain bike videos on YouTube now and I see guys whipping it sideways, but sometimes it's not coming back and they're landing <laughs> sideways on yeah. the trail. You know? right. Sometimes we do that on a dirt bike if you don't do it properly and it can go bad. You can swap out, you know, and mm. uh, go over the bars. Um, I find them both differently. Uh, they, they both, take different techniques, you know, on a dirt bike, your, your feet are, are parallel, um, on a mountain bike, one foot's forward, one foot's back. Mm. So right there, I'm off balance when mm. I'm going off a jump, you know, and it's funny too, because I'm goofy foot in skateboarding. So I have my right foot forward and my mm -hmm. back foot pushes, but when I'm on a mountain bike, I love putting my left foot forward and my right foot back. So it's just weird. Wow. I have a, a different stance on a mountain bike than I do um, on my skateboard. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. It's yeah. Weird. It's weird. I'm a weirdo like that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably be great at the drums. That'll probably be your next musical <laughs> instrument. You you could do left and right brain, no problem. <laughs> um, Isaiah also says um, right here, let's see. He had another question. Uh, oh, here we go. So, so far with what, where you've been riding in your mountain bike journey, he's asking, what is your favorite place to ride so far? Ooh. You know, I'm so bad with favorites because people always ask me that with skateboarding. What's your favorite skateboard park? You know, what's your favorite ramp? Where's your favorite motocross place to ride? Um, when it comes to mountain biking, you know, um, there's a lot of different terrain and each terrain caters to itself and the fun aspects about it. Um, I'll tell you the fun places that I have been riding. Um, Sky Park is one. Uh, nice. That's a great place to go to um, where it's got one trail up and you got about five or six trails uh, going down. Um, a lot of variety there. Um, Greer is a new place that I've been going to lately and I'm starting to learn that place. Yeah, um, San yes, Clemente, you because I go all the time. I know the place now. Um, you know, I used to ride Calavera Hills um, a lot, you know, but that was before I was really heavily into jumping and doing jump lines. So um, 
you know, I haven't really been, you know, to too many places um, other than Greer, San Clemente and uh, Calavera Hills, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, I do want to branch out and I want to do go to Snow Summit, you know, sometime. Uh, I want to go up to Whistler. My, my wow. friends invited me up there to Whistler to go ride. Um, so it's almost like I'm kind of training right now before I get the opportunity to go to these bigger, because I know they're going to be bigger hits and stuff. So, mm. um, you know, my mindset is to get faster, go bigger. Um, and that's what I plan to do. <laughs> that's, so. a, that's a great goal to have. <laughs> As the Miltonator would say, who's on the line, go, go fast, go big, don't die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but you know the equipment's amazing like i just got that new yt and that just gave me even more um confidence because of uh the upgrades they put on the bike you yeah. know um yeah so that's just gonna push me to that next level like today you saw i i jumped two or three new things today that i never had done before going to san clemente you yeah. know and one of them was the big gap at the top yeah, uh, the road gap. I I just you know uh, towed it was towed in by Jeff Taylor from YT. Um, the other one was where Zabo was going down on this one trail, and it's a rock to rock jump going down. I I'd always go around that, and today I went over. I followed him right off of it, and the bike soaked it up great. You know, um, in jump line, there's that one where there's um, there's a, a right, a middle and a left bigger one. And I always normally just go in the, uh, the middle. Yeah. And the first time I went down, I saw, I went in the middle, I saw Zabo go on the right. And I'm like, next time I go down, I'm, I'm going on the right. And I was leading, he was behind me. Um, and I went for it, you know? Dang. So. Dang. Just, just trying to push, push myself to get to that next level each, each time we ride. Yeah. And, and I see it, I see it too. Cause I've been riding with you pretty much every time we get able to get out again. And I, every time it's like, gosh, man, cabs putting in more time. Cause he's <laughs> like, what? Whoa, I, I, I don't think I can follow him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully it's encouraging you and, and, and pushing you to that next level. It is. Um, oh man. It, it definitely is. And you got me on an e-bike today, pushed me to get on an e-bike. And I wear, I wear this heart rate monitor. It's called a MyZone, and it's supposed to be 99.9% .9 accurate to an EKG. So I can yeah. see what my heart rate looks like, you know, how long I'm in each zone. And so obviously it goes like blue for warming up, and then it'll go uh, yellow for intermediate, and then red is when I'm in my highest beats per minute. Yeah. And I hit a lot of red today on the <laughs> e-bike. Really? Yeah, it was like a lot of yellow and a lot of red. And it was very similar to my acoustic ride. When I ride my acoustic bike, I get yeah. the same type of results. And in our ride today, I burned 1,300 calories on that e-bike. Well, you're and still pedaling, man. You're still pedaling. Yeah. And contrary to my original thought was I probably won't get, not going to be working as hard. Um, I'm getting a, a lot of pedal assist. But when I saw the results on my my zone, I was blown away. And I was also blown away that I was breathing so heavy and you guys were just like chilling. Hey, what's up? Yeah, that was it. It looks like it's going to rain today. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> I'm, we're on the same e-bike, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, you still get a great workout on that. You do. On that and bike. you know, a lot of it has to do with um, your mindset going down. Like, are you gripping your grips really hard? You know, are you, 
Are you tensing up? And I think a lot of it is being relaxed and concentrate on your breathing. And I think that translates. I mean, I do that a lot with skating. You know, I have to really concentrate on my breathing, um, especially when I'm on the dirt bike around the track. I can't be gripping my grip. I have to like grip with my knees, you know, more, let the hands be loose because I'll get arm pump. Mm -hmm. um, but just, you can't hold your breath, you know. Um, it's a no-no when you're, when you're breathing heavy and exercising. You, you have to keep that breath going, which calms you. It keeps mm -hmm. you calm as well. So, you know, practicing good breathing techniques, I think helps, um, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're pushing yourself at, at those levels. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. And it was funny cause it was you Zabo and then Andrew Chavers, who is like at this, um, prodigy kid. And then you had Adam Mock and I, and Adam and I are like trying to keep up with you guys <laughs> with these like, you know, legends, athletes and, Adam and I are like, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> hey, uh, Joey Yates here says, um, hey, wait, what? When are we going to Whistler again? <laughs> Soon, pack, this summer. This pack summer, your bags, uh, Joey. Get that passport ready. Let's do it. I have a friend up in Ben, Oregon that's, that wants uh, me to come up there, and he's going to take me to Whistler. So, Oh, my God. Would yeah. that happen to be one of the uh, Joes from our ride at uh, – Greer? No, actually, it's my friend David. Okay. Um, but Joe, I'm actually going to meet up with him um, this Monday and Tuesday because we have a, a, a video shoot for Yoshimura. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we're we're going to do um, a thing with mountain bikes, uh, motocross, skateboarding, art, and music um, oh, in a two-day shoot. Oh, man. Yeah. That That is that's going to be fun. Is that going to be on video? Can we catch that anywhere after? Or is, is it is it for Yoshimura, then they're going to release it whenever, however yeah. they need to? Yoshimura will put, put a nice piece together, and then they'll just um, spread it out all over uh, the internet um, any best way they can, you know. Um, but I'm just, I'm just happy that I have the support of those guys, and they're into what I'm into doing, and... Um, it's just, it's just great, man. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a blessing to, to have good people behind you, you know? Yeah. And I, and I just want to repay the favor by helping promote their products and, and help push what they're trying to sell, you know? Yeah. No, um, and they've got, they've got great products. Yoshimura, if you guys haven't heard of them, we're going to talk about them here in a second, for sure, under the product spotlight with Cab. Um, Cab, you got a question here. This is actually, I think this is my cousin, Meredith Raquel. She's saying, hey, Cab, my daughter and I are huge fans. Not writing related, but what's your morning routine like? Well, is that my week with my kids or my week without my kids? <laughs> oh, yeah, two different. <laughs> Cover both because uh, she, she's got a daughter. So what's it like with the kids? And then well, and what the does that juggle look like? them up for school yeah. and get them breakfast and, and make sure that they're doing their online schooling. Uh, when they're not here, I don't have, I can sleep in or do whatever I want. Um, but as a parent, I got to make sure that, um, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the responsible dad that, that's getting them up, getting them fed and making sure that they're logging into their school. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I'm on a diet right now. 
or different eating programs. So um, I try to tend to skip breakfast and I'm on like, um, what's it called? Um, when you only eat from a certain time, the intermittent fasting, uh -huh. you know, uh, I try to eat from 12 to about five or six and maybe eat twice a day. Um, so in the morning, it's basically get up and make a cup of coffee and, uh, you know, either, um, shoot, I don't know, um, watch TV for a little bit, you know, uh, or um, answer emails or check my Instagram and, and think about a post that I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, to me, Instagram is part of my job. It's how I promote the products that I endorse. Um, so I'm constantly thinking of new material to, to put out there um, and, and just um, promote the people who support me. And I'm in a lot of industries. I'm in the music industry, motocross, um, mount bike and skateboarding and art. So I'm always trying to make posts that relate to all that stuff, you know, and they're trying to sell products and they use me to help sell them and push those products. I mean, this is something that I learned at a very young age when I was 14, when I first got sponsored by, you know, Powell Peralta. Um, I knew that the only reason why they wanted me to ride for their team was I was able to actually um, help them sell products, you know? Mm -hmm. So I knew mm -hmm. that if I was a good uh, spokesperson for the brand, that people would recognize it and want to uh, purchase anything that they sold, you know? So I've been advertising things my whole life. That's what I do for a living, you know? And that's what I get paid for. Yeah. And you, you're, you're good. You're good at it. And everyone loves you, you know, when they, when they see you and know you and what you represent and how you do it is it's so good. Um, Meredith, my cousin here also wanted to say the first time I attempted to go down on a half pipe was at Mark's house. <laughs> I, I had a half pipe when I was a kid awesome. <laughs> and that, and that was fun. Got another comment here. Summer V says a great interview. My husband is a cab fan. So I had to drop in love his positive inspo. Oh, and, so uh, and we also have a special guest that who just popped in. This is one of the big MTV YouTubers going to pop in to say hi to you, Mr. Caballero. You know, this guy, I'm going to add him to the stream right now. Hey, <laughs> How's it going? How's it going, Alan? It's good. It's good to see you. We've been missing you out on the trails. Yeah, I know, man. Our schedules have just been weird. It's too bad. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. got to get out there again. Yes. Oh, that's that's your famous dog. I see that dog all the time in your this Instagrams. Is, this is Oliver. Oliver, what a cutie. They had Oliver, everybody. He's been chilling with calves. So cute. Uh, what a cutie. <laughs> He's looking cool. at my snacks in front of my computer. That's what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, great. So, Alan, MTB Alan, everybody joined the show. This is awesome. Thank you for jumping on, Alan. No, this my is, pleasure. This is great. We I just talking... got off. Yes. I just got off the line with a daily MTB writer uh, 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 talking about 
everything we're just complaining we just like spent like an hour complaining <laughs> oh no stuff. yeah oh no um, oh no yeah. well it's good you came over here this is the positive mindset side where yeah. we got mm-hmm. we got good vibes in fact what's what's awesome is that um Cab and I uh, were at YT today, and we got to ride e-bikes. The whole the whole crew was on e-bikes, so we got that e-bikes to hook. And uh, my cheeks, dude, my cheeks hurt still from was all the your, smiles. Was that your first e-bike ride? It was. It was. So it's a different uh, animal. It is. I loved it. So you know, Jeff Taylor comes out. He's the president of YT, and yep. he he wheels out a decoy to me. And he turns it on for all of you folks who are watching right now who haven't been on an e-bike. Um, this was a great way to experience it for the first time. He turns on the bike, but he keeps it in off mode. And he tells me, go ahead and pedal around the parking lot a couple of times. So, you know, Cab and Jeff are watching me and they're already kind of smirking. And I come around, and he puts it into boost mode. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, go ahead and pedal around some more. And man, I was like zero to however fast I was in so, so short period of time. And as I'm accelerating, my smile just <laughs> like lit up. I don't know. Uh, what did I say, Cab? Like, what kind of wizardry is this? <laughs> uh, Cab, Cab, you were on a like an older specialized when we rode at San Clemente together. Uh, did you go straight from that to the decoy? Um, let's see. I I I, I want to. No, I was uh, I had the D, I had the stump jumper, you know, and I rode was, that yeah. for a while. I don't know why I didn't have it that day. I think because I didn't. Oh, you know, why I didn't have it is because I didn't have. Um, I was only borrowing it the, for the first couple of times. Okay. So just like what Mark did, I when they were open, I would go there and 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 Jeff would let me borrow it, mm-hmm. and he would say, "Hey, when the new ones come in, <clears throat> we'll try to set you up with one." So. I would leave, give the bike back to, to Jeff. And I did that like three times. And mm-hmm. the time that I went out with you guys, um, I think it was on a weekend and they were closed. Yeah. So yeah. I just brought the stump jumper with me and I could already feel the difference of uh, the lack of confidence on that mm-hmm. bike. Um, so I was very timid that the first day I met you guys and rode with you guys, I didn't do yeah. um, the stuff that I did before on, on the, uh, the decoy. Um, but I, Mark, Mark has seen the, the progression, <laughs> man, dude's jumping everything. Now there is no hesitation out there. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been watching the videos. Yeah. It looks great. It looks it's just yeah, too good. So You're... At one point, you know, Jeff said, Hey, you know what? Why don't you just take this bike? And I'm thinking in my mind, that's what I wanted to do in the first place. I don't need a, <laughs> I don't need a new bike. I'll just use this loaner. You know, mm-hmm. this used bike, it's it's better than what I'm riding, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so when he told me that, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm so stoked. I get to actually take this home and ride it wherever I want. Yeah. Um, and that's what started boosting the confidence. And because I was getting seat times, getting used to the bike and knowing it. Mm-hmm. And like I told Mark before, just riding with different riders and, and following these guys um, helps push you to that next level. Um, yeah. So if you want to get better, you got to ride with someone who's better than you, or totally. It's definitely got more courage than you do. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't. <laughs> you, you don't want just more courage in front of you. I've done that before. You can end up into the bad places. It's funny because jo- um, Joey Joey Yates is talking about y'all wanting to hit uh, Snow Summit uh, yes. this year. 
And I think they, yeah, first off, 100%, like, I'm just, I love Snow Summit, yes. have a blast up there, and we'll love, like, to show you around, not that it's that hard to find your way around, but, like, uh, they just uh, updated kind of how they're treating e-bikes up there. So if you don't have a DH bike or another bike, like, I think now they're just, like, letting you to take an e-bike up, because before they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and they just ask you to like not go on the backside or anything like that. So it makes it a lot easier. Cause I know like people were on e-bikes were having a little bit of trouble up there for a while. So I think they've mellowed it out. Well, you don't, I mean, you take a lift up, so you really don't need an e-bike. up. No, it had to, it had to do with the fact that like it's there, they lease the land from like the forestry from national, uh -huh. from the, is a national forest and uh -huh. technically on national forest trails, you're not allowed to ride e-bikes. So oh. te technically oh. when you're at snow summit, you're on in forestry land. Oh, I see. Uh, so I guess they had to kind of figure out the legal stuff because at mm -hmm. the time e-bikes were still pretty new, you know, so yeah. they, they finally figured it out. I think last season, uh, okay. but I like, there's some trails off the backside, like fall line and Pyre's plumber's fern, stuff like that. And like those you're technically, you're not supposed to take an e-bike onto those trails, okay. uh, but Blue Steel, Party Wave, Westridge, like you'll, you don't need to go on the backside. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll be no, fine. I was watching YouTube and I was watching uh, um, Gain the Life of Twitch. He's a motocross rider. Hmm. And he went out to Summit with a bunch of guys. And that's when I kind of looked. I'm like, oh, that place looks fun. I, I want to go try that, you know, yeah. go ride there. So just looking at the jumps and, you know, sizing them up. I feel like I could have a, a fun time there because I feel like I'm at that level to be able to ride that place. Oh man, you'll you'll have a blast. And the, the cool thing about that place, especially like Party Wave and Westridge, and especially now with Blue Steel, like even if somebody's not at the level, it's mm -hmm. built to like get them to the level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of lot of progression there. Man, by the time May June comes around and it opens, that might be me, Cab. You might have to start towing me into stuff. <laughs> at this progression rate <laughs> no problem no problem just like seat time that's all it is you know i love it just so on, on this part of the podcast we're gonna jump over alan uh, there's a section now on the podcast where i have somewhat of a format which has been great but i i wanted to jump over to the spot where we have product spotlight product spotlight do, 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 do. <laughs> that, that's right and um, Cab had a couple of folks he wanted to mention for Product Spotlight. I always love to have this on the podcast to give love back to the people that are giving love back to the giving love to the guests. And uh, Cab, what you had two, I think you wanted to spotlight tonight. Well, here's one of them. This cookie. Oh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> that cookie gives love to Cab. <laughs> it's from this box. And it's from my friend Hannah from um, Canada. She sent me these. So, so I want to spotlight this cookie because it's great. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> Hannah for the celebration cookie with <laughs> chocolate on there. Look at Ollie. He's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm oh, a mountain bike uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Cookies are mountain bikes, man. Cookies are mountain bikes. <laughs> yes. You burn those calories. You're allowed to have a cookie or two. <laughs> I think I worked it off today. Yeah, <laughs> we did. There, There is, um, I know one of the companies uh, you said you wanted to spotlight was uh, Yoshimura. And, um, and 
Alan and I actually were actually on that ride at San Clemente when one of the guys from Yoshimura was there. Because remember, Alan, we we went as we were heading back up again up to whole or heading back up to one of the trails. The Yoshimura van was there, and the guy was letting us look at those new pedals. And I mm-hmm. think Cab, you just had like a test run photo shoot at Sky Park. W- was it highlighting that specific product? Was that what you were doing there? And that guy's Biggie. Biggie I've known for That's a while in the right. motocross industry. That's right. Um, he's hooked me up with all my exhausts for all my motocross bikes, Yoshimura pipes. And um, I was trying to understand the connection between mountain biking and motocross when it came to Yoshimura. <clears throat> and I, I believe that um, Biggie invite, invited the vice president riding one time and he fell in love with the sport of mountain biking and he's an engineer and so he designed a pedal um he 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 wanted to design something for mountain biking and they came up with a a really cool um mountain bike pedal and i that's what i rock today and um they work really well especially with i wear vans uh the, the half cabs and very grippy uh on those shoes um i don't like um, what do you call them? Clipless or, or mm-hmm. I don't like to be clipped mm-hmm. in. I like to be able mm-hmm. to move my feet around. Um, so I like flats and, and Yoshimura makes a great flat, um, for BMX and for, for mountain biking. Hmm. Are, is that a new component into the industry? Alan, maybe you might know this is Yoshimura, a um, a newer a, entry. Yeah, that's a new entry. It's a, it's a, they're branching out into, I don't know about the company, but like, yeah, you didn't hear about Yoshimura uh, before in the in the mountain bike industry in the mountain bike world. Yeah, it's just like One Up or Crank Brothers or mm-hmm. like that. So like, it's nice to see. Yeah, it's nice mm-hmm. to see that. It's not that, and like uh, the moto companies that have come into mountain biking have like done really good things. So that's cool to see because there's like there is that crossover and there's that understanding. Well, they take mm-hmm. you know Yoshimura takes a lot of pride. <clears throat> In their exhaust systems, uh, they build exhaust systems to make their motorcycles perform the best they can uh, to beef up, um, you know, the power, the power band all the way through. <clears throat> so, in that in that sense, uh, when uh, the vice president wanted to um, do something for mountain biking, he felt like he could make a really good pedal that people would like and you'll definitely be That's... hearing a lot about them because they're great pedals and they look great too they come in all these different colors and <clears throat> combinations that you can make them um you know match your bike the way your the way your bike is the color situations and right now they're pretty small they're kind of ha- doing hand hand making them here in the u.s so i don't know if they're going to branch out and 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 you know, make them super huge. But right now it's, it's a real, very limited item. I know it's all us made. Those are going to be launching. uh, I know that they have some pedals out now, but are the multicolor ones coming out in April? Is that what they were targeting a launch date for or somewhere along the lines? We got to sneak peek them when we rode with you in San Clemente. And the shoot that I did at Sky Park was to help promote the pedals and, they hired a very uh, professional 
photographer named Simon Cudby that, that got some mm. amazing shots. Yeah. And, you know, they just hired uh, very talented people to showcase their products, you know, and, and I'm just very blessed to be a part of this program to be highlighted as well as an athlete that, that, that uses these things, you know, um, it's, it's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah. Pretty stoked. It, it when we got to sneak peek those pedals, I think they were on Colin's bike. Uh, Biggie had them on Colin's bike. Mm -hmm. And what I remember about them is that they weren't like, when we talk about flats or clip-ins, these weren't flat. They were actually concaved and it felt like I was stepping on a skateboard in a sense. Like it, it was like a comfortable concave feel. And I think that was unique from what I remember that was unique to that pedal to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, I got to get some of these. But then I realized that they're not available yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're still um, they're still trying to produce them. So <clears throat> we're just testing them out, you know. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. very cool. That's very cool. Are you, are you giving them feedback on the pedals? Um, like any kind of like testing feedback for like adjustments or anything? Not necessarily. Okay. No, I think they already have riders that are more skilled, <laughs> giving them <laughs> feedback. <laughs> I'm just trying to help promote, promote the product. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, um, I think they kind of get the feedback by looking at the wear and tear of them. Um, but definitely, I mean, they definitely ask like, hey, how they feel and they feel great, you know? That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I have a little story to tell. Can I tell a story? Absolutely. Are we still yeah. Are we still doing product stuff? Uh, I, you're obviously not, you're not going to remember this cab, but um, you were in Tennessee uh, and this was in the eighties mm -hmm. and there was a bunch of kids, probably if this happened to you all over the place where a bunch of kids with skateboards were getting uh, signatures from you. I think Tommy was there. Mm -hmm. Uh and me and my buddies really wanted to skate with you. So we were trying to give you our phone number. <laughs> and this you is before like, cell phones too, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Just like our yeah. home phone number. And then you like, you were like starting to sign it. And we were like, no, 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 that's our phone number. Give us a call. Let's go skate. We're like, we were like just outside of Nashville. And it was like, we know all these cool spots in Nashville. Come skate with us. And then you guys were like, you guys are like, cool. <laughs> uh just thought i'd relay that story that's yeah, well alan you were, were on, on a pal summer tour yeah at that time traveling across yeah. the united states and on a that's tour great event, doing demos and skate shop signings yeah that was cool yeah i don't want well, to fanboy too much it's just like that like like i only ever bought pal boards um, and it was always like a cab board and that's yeah. like, like all I would, I, okay. One time I bought a Tony Hawk board. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, but then I went, <laughs> I came back, came back to the cab. Uh, yeah. And I got to ride with Lance. I got to ride with Lance once in Nashville too. That was cool. That's right. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, Alan, sorry. That, that, that's my fanboy moment. <laughs> no, that, this, it's great. I mean, this is positive impact from, from Steve Cavallaro, just being Steve Cavallaro you know, Alan, you shared, I don't know if you felt comfortable sharing a little bit about um, Cav's impact on you growing up in Tennessee. Um, but if you want to, that's a perfect time. And I thought that was a great story. Yeah. I, uh, so, you know, and I was, I was 
brown in Tennessee. And so, you know, there was, I don't know what it's like now, but in the eighties, there was quite a bit of racism and, you know, like you just kind of always grew up feeling like a bit of an outsider. And then, you know, I would look at any movies or TVs that I watched, like if somebody was brown, they were a side character or a comic relief or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you were like the, the first person that I remember that was like, this is a, a somebody who has breadth and depth and is like well-respected. He's like one of these top people. Everybody loves this guy. Um, and uh, I know we don't share like an ethnic background, but he like, you know, it, at that time it was like, you kind of looked like me. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like, Oh, I don't have to, I don't have to be a comic relief. I don't have to be the side character all the time. Mm-hmm. I can, I can be the main character <laughs> in my life, you know? And that was like, that was kind of cool. And I have to admit, for a while, I did try to look like you when I skated. <laughs> <laughs> did you bleach? Uh, did you bleach the hair and have it? I tried. I I did try. <laughs> I did try to do that at one point. But I used to like I used to like kind of tilt my head over a little bit and then skate like that. I even like I went to Kona Skate Park in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we used to go there like uh, every summer. Like a little, uh, uh, me and a couple of guys would drive down and stay down there and uh um who was it i can't remember there was a pro skater there and he was like yelling at me and he was like hey cab and i was like he knew he wasn't you but it was like the biggest compliment i ever had i was like <laughs> yeah. he, i know he doesn't think i'm cab but it's funny <laughs> well <clears throat> the thing i loved about skateboarding was um whoever was involved in, in it back when i was first starting it really didn't matter to the race Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or your background that you came from is you. If you rode a skateboard, you were a skateboarder. You know, hundred mm. um, percent. I used to live on the east side of San Jose, which was predominantly, um, you know, African American and Hispanic, mm-hmm. and not a lot of Caucasians. You know, but mm-hmm. then when I went on the west side of San Jose, <clears throat> mostly Caucasians and mm-hmm. you know, less minorities there. And um, that's where the skate parks were. Mm-hmm. And that was my introduction to rock and roll. Um, mm. I didn't listen to rock and roll when I li- lived on the east side and hung out there. Mm. It was mostly like R&B, soul, disco. Um, we, we didn't listen to rock. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I got into skateboarding, um, I discovered what rock and roll was. And I, and I wanted to fit in to all the guys with the guys that were skateboarders. So once I left that side of town, I asked my mom to take me to Tower Records and I got ACDC, Aerosmith nice. and Cheap Trick tape. Nice. So that's, that's what skateboarders <laughs> listen to. You know, yep. they didn't yep. listen to Michael Jackson, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Commodores. You know, uh-huh. It just didn't really go quite well with skateboarding. And then from there it turned into new wave. And then from new wave, it turned into punk rock and yeah that just changed my whole life. It got me into playing music. I started a band at 18 years old in 1982 called The Faction. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started playing an instrument and learning all about how to write music and, and record, you know. So, Wasn't yeah. that too cab when so you cool. were when you started The Faction? Did you were you a, a guitar? Did you try to learn the guitar and then you switched over to bass? Well, I wanted to play guitar, but it was too 
too difficult, <laughs> you know, like learning how to make a chord. And, um, and I was very impatient and I found mm. out that bass was a little bit easier because you just use one or two fingers, you know, to mm. play the bass. So I'm like, Oh, I'll just start playing bass. And I remember being in the studio with the faction and recording our first EP. And I look back and reflect and I'm like, Dude, I've only been playing music for like six months, and here I am recording with these guys. <laughs> and I'm in a band, and I'm playing. And you know, the punk rock <laughs> attitude was all, was the full DIY yeah. attitude. Mm -hmm. um, same with skateboard. It was this is uh, like you don't wait for it to get signed. You make your own records. You mm -hmm. know, um, I used to make my own magazines. Um, I used to make my own T-shirts, my own stickers. I mean, I learned all that at a very young age. I became an entrepreneur even back then. I knew I could make a profit and make money off things. So I would, even on the faction tours that I went on in 1984 and 85, I had my dad print stickers. And after our show, I would be out at the van selling stickers for, for money to eat and stuff. Wow. You know, That's rad. I screened my own t-shirts and would make t-shirts. I made my own zine. Dang. You know, back in the early 80s to um, trade with other guys around the U.S. that had their own little skate scenes. And mine was called Skate Punk, and it had skateboarding and punk rock in it. And I would uh, do reviews on all the local skate park, uh, skate not parks, but skate spots. And then if I'd go to a gig, I'd write a review of the gig of who played. And, and you know, so each, even back then, I would do like little art doodles and stuff. So even back then... I always had this like thing of like just creating and doing things and doing things, not waiting for other people, mm -hmm. but um, just taking an initiative to go out there and, and, and make stuff happen, you know, and I'm all, I'm all about making things happen. I like starting things and making them popular and, and, and seeing how far you can take it, see how far, you, you know, um, it goes, you know, I, I started making these salads on Instagram and I made them a lot cause I was on a diet and mm. people started joking and calling it the cab salad, you know? And, um, I started hashtagging cab salad, cab salad to a point where <laughs> a good friend of mine who owns, um, a, a pizza sh uh, joint in LA said, Hey, I want to market this and we'll sell the cab salad at my pizza joint, a pizza nista. Yeah. And now he makes T-shirts and he's selling T-shirts and sweatshirts. And, you know, that all just started of me just making a salad. Damn. You know? And I just kept repeating it and kept adding new things. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show you, you, you force feed things into people's minds and it becomes popular. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. you can make and something just, out of nothing. You know, I just got an email. I believe it was last night from Vans and it said, um, support your local shops and it was a collab with vans and pizza nista yeah and it was uh, a shirt with uh, a cool graphic on the back and then um van shoes that had pizza nista all over it yeah so that's my yeah, buddy I mean, solomon all gone he yeah. actually rides mountain bikes too we ride dirt bikes together um i've known solomon from san jose from the early 80s he used to be sponsored by powell um he's another person that's an entrepreneur he's a great mm -hmm. Uh, he's a great family man, a great father, a great husband, and a great businessman, entrepreneur, that when he has his mind set on something, he's full focused, and he has an idea, and it comes to um, 
flirt, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, fruitation. Fruition. Fruition. Mm-hmm. Fruition. Fruition. You know, and, um, you know, at one point he's like, I want to make an energy drink. Right. And okay. And sure enough, he designed the can. He made a, he made a can. They called it Skaterade. Oh, right? like and that? And it got so big, it was selling all over the place that he even like, um, was sponsoring some motocross riders. He had a full rig. The guys were riding for skater uh, Skaterade, and then all of a sudden Gatorade took wind of it. <laughs> oh no! And like, and they're like, oh, "Hey, no. that's a little too close to Gatorade," and they sued him. You know, mm. and you know, Solomon's just like a little small company, and Gatorade's mm-hmm. a huge company, and didn't didn't matter how, you know, Gatorade's huge. They're a monster. So mm-hmm. they they could just just keep draining all his funds by taking you know legal right. action you know yeah. and then Solomon just said forget about it you know mm-hmm. um, you guys win you know so but do I find that as a success yeah you know because he it took an idea that he wanted to have his own energy drink and he made it happen and to me even though you know he got um, a cease and desist and wasn't able to make that anymore. To me, it's a success because he brought something, an idea and, and made it happen to a product that he could hold in his hand. And this is what it is. It's called Skaterade, you know? Mm, um, that's very cool. So I thought that's a very successful story, you know? And, and Solomon Agal was one of the guys I looked up to in skateboarding too, because he's pretty much could ride. I couldn't figure out if it was regular footed or goofy footed. He did everything. I was like, which way is he? How can he all wait? I thought he was regular footed. <laughs> yeah, he, he just he made a, a, a switch stance street skating very popular yeah. and mm-hmm. he focused on that. And that's what's kind of separated him. And at one point, he became skateboarder of the year, you know, yeah. for Thrasher, you know, for Thrasher magazine, you know, skater yeah. of the year. And that's, that's huge in skateboarding. Mm. Um, and then one day he said, I, I want to make a pizza joint. And now here he is. He's got a, a a place in L.A. and he's got a. Now he opened one up in um, Japan, and I think he's going to open up a few more. And you know, it just just shows you, you know, with hard work and dedication, you can make your dreams come true. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that all three of us here are skateboarders, and we're talking about Solomon Aga, who's also a skateboarder. Do you think that? Being a skateboarder early on in those formidable years when it takes a lot, say the trick, the kickflip, for example, we're we're out front of the house and no one's coaching us and no one's pushing us. We want it. And we've, we tried the first time and we don't give up. You know, you, you try, you fail, you try again, you try again, you try again. And before you know it, you're landing a kickflip and now you're landing it off the curb and now you're landing it down some stairs. I wonder if that's something there that we've brought into, or at least in the case of Cab and Solomon and God and Alan here, is that something that we bring into our lives that, that, that it's okay to take these steps to fail and move forward? Is that something that maybe sharpened your sword in your success, Cab? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I've learned a lot um, of different traits through skateboarding and, what it takes to become a great skateboarder and what separates you from the rest. But in that, there's a big responsibility of, um, you know, um, people looking up to you and how you represent yourself. And, and it, 
it's not so much about talent, but it's how you treat people, you know, and you never can't ever forget where you came from. I don't mm -hmm. like a lot of sports that, you know, you start out as a kook and then all of a sudden you become super good at, and then you start looking down on people, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> surfing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hachu, bless you. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing I don't like about surfing is, um, people got attitudes, man, you know, and I don't care how local your spot is, you know, or, or you think you own the spot, you were a kook when you first started. And I don't like the attitude these guys have when they get a certain talent skill and then they start looking down on everybody. Hey, you can't surf here. You're not good enough, you know, mm -hmm. but you were that mm -hmm. dude one, one time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and so I just think that that kind of attitude you know, it doesn't, don't go very far and people remember that, you know? So I just learned at a very young age that you just be nice to people and, and treat people with respect and, and, and don't think like you're above anybody and just pre and look them straight in the eye, you know, and just treat them as a normal person, you know, cause it's a little embarrassing when people come to me and I know that I've inspired and, and people have looked up to me, but then some people just act weird. You know, um, and I, you know, maybe they're scared or they don't know how to act, but I'm just a normal dude that, that, mm -hmm. you know, I got skills and certain things because I put a lot of work into it, but I'm, I have the same struggles that anybody has that doesn't have a skill. You know, I still struggle with all those things. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a human being. I bleed just like they do. Mm -hmm. You know, I cry on a sad movie as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I hurt, you know, I feel pain. You know, I try to forget about the pain, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what helps me sustain as an athlete. And who, you know, I had no clue I'd still be doing the things that I'm doing at age 56. You know, um, I, I was told at a young, very young age that my career was going to be over at 21. Wow. You know, I was who 18 said that? And, uh, a friend of mine that worked at the skate shop, he's like, I know you're 18 now and you know, you're spon you've been sponsored for a few years. So what are you going to do after you're 21? And I'm like, I thought about like, I don't know what I'm going to well, do. It was kind of, it was kind of true back then though. Like, I think, uh, I think was, the advent of things like social media and YouTube has really kind of allowed people to extend their careers. Like, you know, your influence, you know, that you've kind of been able to maintain because, and it's so, so cool to see because you, obviously you've had so much more to offer since 21 right yeah and you've you've brought so much more to the community because you've had these venues but maybe back then like it was hard to foresee that right well it's true like no, none of us saw true. this well back then it was true for them it wasn't yeah true for me. yeah there you go there you go it yeah. was true for them yeah it's like that um, person was trying to put you in his or her thought box you know but not sure. yours and i, yeah. I wasn't going to go there you know yeah. um just like when um bird skating died and all the vert skaters thought that their careers were over, you mm. know, just because vert skating died um, in the late eighties. Um, I wasn't going to give up, mm. you know, I wanted to still continue to be a professional skateboarder. So I had to learn how to street skate, you know, and I had to learn the way I had to go the direction of the sport, you know, the lifestyle. And I didn't fight it, you know, um, I just worked harder, you know, and I learned how to street skate and try to maintain. So in, in a sense, you know, 
I, I consider myself a trendy person. You know, I go with trends. Uh, there's some that I get glued to and some that I don't want to be glued to. But if I wasn't a trendy person, I'd be stuck in the same place, you know? Um, so obviously people want to be ahead of the curve. They want to be ahead of the trends and to say like, I started this trend and now everyone follows me, but I don't, I'm not ashamed of saying that I follow trends and I follow people because that's how I get influenced. And mm -hmm. that's what makes me, me, you know, that's mm -hmm. what makes me diverse. It's an know? exchange, right? It's an exchange. Yeah. yeah. I do like your, uh, like your don't slip on the, on the trip. Your, uh, your uh, cab fit, your outfits that you'll post. Oh, that's like, a joke. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Though. I like crack up about hip, it. I'm trying to be hip with the lingo at 56. Yeah, I know. It's just. It's pretty cool. Like, no, I get it. It's just like it, I. I appreciate it. I think it's pretty cool. I, it, it's 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 serious in the sense I'm trying to promote the products that people give me, but it's mm -hmm. a joke how I represent. You know, so like mm -hmm. like when like people like when i show myself street skating mm -hmm. you know and i street talk, cab. talk yeah i talk about myself in third person like mm -hmm. you know street cab made an appearance because that's what they label me <laughs> uh -huh. so i just go with it you know i don't fight it uh -huh. you know and um so it's just fun it's i, I love bringing smiles to people's fa faces you know and 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 if like you know me just all in or kit flipping is putting a huge smile on someone's face, I'm going to post something about it, you know? Um, but even like stuff with my dog and stuff, you know, people love Oliver be just because he's just so cute. Yeah. You know, and, and he's a fun dog. And he does funny things. Uh, cracks me up all the time. <laughs> right? he, he crack me up? He does. Uh, yeah. yeah. Am I talking to you? <laughs> for, for the folks who can't see the live cab's talking to oliver and oliver's shaking his head like doing the dog head um, isaac isaac gomez on here says um going back to the yoshimura he says i love their pipes on my two stroke yep and you also got another fellow mtb rad dad um saying that he has uh for moto he has a 450 i believe he said oh yeah he's got a 450x nice I think that might be a trail bike. It might be. Adam, is that yeah. a trail bike? He's probably going to tighten it. If it has a headlight, maybe it's got, it's a trail bike. Could I'm not be. so much into trail riding. I'm more into riding tracks um, because I'm short and I haven't messed with the suspension too much and I can't even touch the ground, mm -hmm. you know? So when I'm at a complete stop on my bike, I'm on the ground. You know, my feet don't, my feet don't touch. So I'm trying <laughs> to get a proper um, trail bike from Kawasaki um, so I can have that separately and not bring my, um, my motocross bike, my track bike on the trails, you know, set that up separately, set it, set it up differently. Um, gotcha. But Yes. Look, sounds like that's what Adam has. He's, he's grew up motocross and track. So he probably has a bike for each. Um, that's pretty awesome. Oh, look at this. Look who we got on the line guys. Miss Don Zabo. What's up Zabo. <laughs> he said, yeah. Even Oliver says, what's up Zabo. Great riding with you guys today. Glad we got some in before the rain got us. You hoo. Yeah. Nice. That, yeah. That was a rad even day. Zabo's trying to bite my style doing cartwheels. 
<laughs> so, folks, if you don't know what you're t- what Cab's referring to, um, he had a nasty looking crash. If you want to check it out, go to Don Zabo's Instagram. He put a video together for it, and <laughs> and it looked nasty. But in typical ninja style of Cab's athleticism, hops right back up. <laughs> but you did get it did nick your thumb a little bit, a little sore in your thumb uh, from it. But it was nasty. So. Uh, cab, you, if you want to explain what happened there, cause the video is, is crazy looking. So, but you're at Greer and you're going down, I think it was overdrive. It looked like. Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> stuff comes up really quick. You know, you got little doubles and the turns. Um, so you have to, you have to be really prepared. You have to look ahead. And, um, there was kind of a blind double and I went over the double, but I went off to the left side of it. And right when I landed, there was a huge boulder just sitting right there to mm. the left and I couldn't, couldn't go anywhere. And I just slammed right into it and totally flipped over the bars, bent the front sprocket, bent the derailleur. So I had a bunch of guys trying to bend it back with a rock and, and it was <laughs> just tweaked, you know? And every time I get to a certain uh, gear, the chain would fall off. And oh. I try to pedal, I try to pedal and I totally stubbed my toe on the ground, missing a, missing a, um, a pedal. And Dang. it was just, it was a bad day. It was a bad day. And for some reason, my bike, my, I've, I've gotten a couple flats when I've been with you guys <laughs> as well. You know, I can understand why I'm not going to get an invite for the next ride. Guys. Exactly. I'm like the guy that breaks down all the time, but I have a whole crew that knows how to fix everything. So I'm just sitting there. <laughs> with my phone, checking my Instagram. You guys finished with that yet? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm documenting my, my crew, fixing my body. Right, right. Uh, but it's, it's just great to have guys that are, um, you know, that have mechanical skills, that know how to fix things uh, right on the, you know, right on Dude, the point. trail side. And a lot of yeah. guys carry, you know, extra um, things of air. They got extra tubes. They got their tools. I haven't gotten quite there yet with the fanny pack. <laughs> so hopefully I'll, I'll get that. So in case, you know, one day someone else breaks down, I can help them, you know, repay the favor. Yeah. yeah. Alan, you the carry your, uh, yeah, you, you carry sometimes a, a fanny pack with you with all that equipment in there. Uh, I do now. I, I tried to go for a while without it. Cause I was like, ah, it's fine. It's like a day ride. It's, I haven't gotten a flat in years. And yeah. then like on the one day I was out by myself <laughs> on overdrive, like, <laughs> probably close to the same place. Uh, I didn't crash or anything, but just the back tire just got a hole like right in the center, right between two of the treads. I I think like it almost looked like one of the treads started coming off Mm -hmm. uh, and I could not get that thing to seal. Like it wouldn't seal. So it was the hike of shame all the way. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys realize how fast we go. It's a lot slower hiking. <laughs> it is, takes a long time. I have a lot more respect for hikers now because, like, wow, they do some freaking work. Yeah, uh, but I did. It did. It did allow me to like sight uh, some new lines, and actually, uh, I ended up on distortion. Like, I took like this kind of hiking trail down, but then I ended up like walking the bottom half of distortion. There are so many features that I had never seen before and so many lines that I'd never taken before. And now the way I ride the bottom of distortion is totally different. Like 
there's jumps that they just look like when you're coming at them, they just look like a rock. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you look at, if you look at it from the side, they're jumps. Yeah. So I wouldn't suggest it, but, (laughs) (laughs) but but sometimes walking a part of the trail can actually be pretty helpful. MTV Rad Um, is laughing with you. That's funny. (laughs) I should actually head out, uh, the ladies home. So, um, going to spend some time with my wife. It's been a pleasure to be on and, and chat with you. We'll get on the trail together soon, y'all. Yeah. yeah. Good to see thanks you, for, Alan. Thanks for yeah. chatting. Good to see you, Alan. MTB Alan, ladies and gentlemen. Good Good seeing you guys. Good Bye. to see you, brother. You, you. So, Cab, that was, that was a great treat for uh, MTB Alan. Uh, I know we haven't had a chance to see him in a while, so I was glad to have him jump on with us. I wanted to... Um, go back to the other part of the product. So we're talking about your bike and that crash and ended up being a good thing because luckily enough in that crew that day was Jeff Taylor, the president of YT, uh, the YT mill or YT industries here in Southern California and talk about a perfect person to have in the crew. You bend the decoy up off of a, a jump into a boulder and he ends up taking the bike with him back to YT headquarters and lo and behold, we show up a day and he wheels out this beautifully rebuilt, polished, clean, <laughs> upgraded masterpiece of a YT decoy. I think he upgraded you from the YT. Was it the base or the comp? And you got upgrade base model and he rolled out your same frame, but at, in the pro with all yeah. the pro stuff, all the pro tune. It was beautiful. No, it was awesome. And it felt great today. I felt like a pro. <laughs> you, you look like a pro too. <laughs> Jumping everything and going fast. But when you looked at, you know, mountain bikes and I wanted to give some love to YT, what what drew you to YT uh, for, for one of your first mountain bikes getting into the sport? Uh, Joey Yates drew me to IT. <laughs> okay, yeah, Joey Yates, love yeah. love that guy. He, he actually was uh, talking a lot about them, and he told me that uh, the 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 person in charge who runs it um, was Jeff Taylor, who used to work at Fox Racing. So, <clears throat> which Jeff is an old skate buddy as well. We used to be teammates back on Powell in the uh, early 90s. So we, me and Jeff go way far back in the skateboard industry. We were teammates on Palo Peralta. It's amazing. Um, and then, you know, he, he left and started working in the skateboard industry for other, uh, other companies and he got in the shoe industry. And I didn't see Jeff for the longest time and I show up at Paula one day and he pulls up on a dirt bike he's, and I'm like, hey, he's like, hey, what's up? And he took his goggles off and I'm like, Jeff Taylor, what <laughs> what are you doing on a dirt bike? He's like, I went for Fox Racing. I'm wow. like, what? Are you kidding me? Um, so then, you know, um, started working with Jeff through motocross and, and through the gear, uh, what Fox Racing does, you know. And he was telling me this, how they were taking over Paula and how they were going to, um, you know, take over the, the track and make it more family friendly and, and, and make the tracks better and just, you know, just more rider friendly and uh, enjoyable place to be. And he was there for uh, several years and then he got let go, which was a bummer, you know, um, on Fox's part, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause Jeff did such a great job in that company. 
the CEO had brought his job with him. Um, so that's why Jeff, um, you know, um, got let go. But then he landed at YT, which was even more of a blessing for him. And I believe he loves um, his job. He loves the company. He loves what they're about. And so that's my connection back uh, to him. And, wow. you know, um, and, and Joey, um, you know, Joey Yates is a, a, a gentleman that I ride mountain bikes with a lot uh, mm -hmm. with my friend Kim Boyle. And he, he was telling us about, you know, uh, San Clemente and the trails and YT's there. We should go there and try one of their bikes. And so, you know, I went there with them and met, met, met up. And after I tried uh, their e-bike, I just fell in love with it, you know. Yeah, it's such a great product. That decoy, it, I mean, it, it's German engineered. So if you like sports cars, you all know what the German engineering is all about there but the bike it's uh it's beautiful and um jeff taylor leading that the charge there i mean what a great person to have in, in that position with his dynamic background and also a skateboarder coming up as well and um and not only does he hold the position of the president there but dude can ride i mean he towed us into pretty much everything for the first part of the morning wouldn't you say yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot. Yeah. He's got really, really good at mountain bike riding, and um, it just shows him how much you know he puts into the back into the company. Um, the one thing um, that's great about the brand um, that will cater to the consumer is their direct to consumer. So that oh, also yeah. drops the price down. Um, obviously, they're not shop friendly. Um, they don't sell the shops, so they're able to compete with the with these guys that have to mark up, you know, the prices, uh, which, you know, um, I guess maybe some people would look down upon that because you can't buy it. You can't go to a shop and buy it. You have to buy it directly from them. But then for the consumer, it also brings it down uh, mm -hmm. to a price that they can afford because these bikes aren't cheap. Mm -hmm. You know, they mm -hmm. got a high price to, on them. Um, and because of the performance and because what they have to offer, you know, a lot of pedal assist bikes are in, you know, on a high thousands, you know, mm -hmm. range where it's almost as much as a dirt bike, you know. Um, so I can see why people frown, frown, upon, frown upon them. For one, they're expensive and maybe they're not affordable. So mm -hmm. they don't want to try it or they don't even want to think about getting one because they can't afford it, which is that's reason, understandable. Um, but if you can afford it. I would definitely get one because it's going to make your mountain bike experience that much more enjoyable. And you do get a workout mm -hmm. and you, you know, you tried one for your first time today. Yeah. What, what's your, what's your review? <laughs> it was definitely smiles for miles. I was, I was like mind boggled because I was actually having to read lines climbing <laughs> at the same time as we were reading lines going downhill, we had enough speed going uphill that I had to read my lines, you know, to enter corners sometimes. And that was a blast. Uh, <laughs> I think at one point I, I mentioned to you, Cab, I think we've done everything that we did in three hours on our analog bike. We just did all that in 45 minutes and it just let us have more time to play, you know? Yeah. Um, we covered more ground. I would say we went faster, farther, jumped higher, <laughs> got up to yeah. speed quicker. 
And, and it's like one of those things that I never realized that, that it was available to do. I always just kind of thought I'm not going to get a workout. It's kind of a pedal assist bike. You know, do I, do I need that? And after today, I realize it's a different ride. It, it's yeah. if you're trying to compare it to your analog bike, it's it's not a fair comparison because it's a whole different experience. Yeah, and exactly. if you can afford to have both, that'd be great to have an analog and an e-bike. But if if you can afford one or the other, you know, I would say now e-bike is a, is a high contender for a lot of the population. I want to say for people who are just getting into the sport and maybe out of shape. You have the off mode, you have the eco, you have the trail, you have the boost mode. So you have many different facets to really assist you in getting into the sport. Um, if you're if you're in shape and you ride, you could just ride farther in the same period of time, like like we did today. I mean, I burned thirteen hundred calories. <laughs> like, how is that possible in what we did? Well, there's three modes on the bike too. So you put it on the lowest setting, you're definitely going to get a workout. Definitely so. Definitely so. You, you so. turn it completely off, you even get even a gnarlier workout because it's a heavy bike. Yeah. You I know? mean, that decoy, I mean, a lot of e-bikes are like 50 pounds. I think the decoy is 51. The specs on it are like 51 point something. Um, but I never felt a single pound difference though going downhill jumping and all that stuff it felt yeah. like a regular playful but it was playful like yeah. at speed it was playful uh which was which was awesome so yeah my review is definitely smiles for miles as joey yates would say <laughs> <laughs> and you can go twice as far twice as fast twice as big um on the e-bike and you still get that workout yeah. which is which is awesome i love that i love the i love the yt decoy love it love it it's gonna have to it's amazing i know machine. I know. I came home and I looked at my wife <laughs> and she's, instead of saying like, you know, all these other things, she goes, no, no, you're not going to buy one right now. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Well, I'll, I have work to do, but. <laughs> well, now you got something to look forward to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to, let's roll real quick. Um, we're about an hour and 40 into it. And I know the kiddos there, you have the kiddos. I'm going to be respectful of your time. So I want to move over to uh, the last two things of the show. And uh, thank you folks for, for being on with us. So uh, from product spotlight, we, we spotlighted the YT decoy as well as Yoshimura. Keep an eye out for the Yoshimura pedals. Um, look for the campaign with cab in it. Cause he just recently did a shoot on it. So you got kind of a little sneak peek into that. Um, but let's talk about real quickly YouTubers. You're getting into mountain biking, Cab. Who have been some of the YouTubers when you sit back and you watch a, a mountain bike YouTube video? Who are you normally turning tuning into? Um, actually, no one really uh, particular. I was actually looking at a lot of mountain bike fails. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the reason why... I watch those is because I want to know what's capable of happening if I oh. get a predicament. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, so it's actually good to see a lot of crashes to see what people are doing wrong, you know, and go like, okay, I don't want to do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> pink bike has the Friday fails or one of them has GMBN, I think has Friday yeah. fails. Some of those are pretty nasty. But I saw some, you know, some 
YouTube videos on Whistler because I want to go there and, and ride there. And I saw the, some, some on Snow Summit. Um, you know, um, just some some more of like just terrain, people's terrain and what, what they're riding, you know. Um, but, you know, maybe I'll get into um, more people's uh, personal reviews and, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm all new to this as, as well, you know, so. I love it. I love it. Speaking of um, new and new to the market, we, we were talking about the Yoshimura. John W. I just peeped him. He, he said, those pedals look sick. <laughs> yeah. John W., they're, I hear you. They're great. They're yeah. awesome. They're coming soon. I, I'm thinking, was it, I can't remember if they said April timeframe, but they're definitely coming soon. They'll be here in 21 for sure. They'll be here in 21. Okay, Cab. Ending it with the... I'm going to add this to the stream. Guys, we're ending this off with the, the funny questions just to see what the mind of Cab, how he answers these questions. Are you ready, Mr. Caballero? Sure. Okay. He's <laughs> like, oh, no, Mark, what are you getting me into? <laughs> okay, question one, and we'll go through five, and there's no right or wrong answer. Uh, yeah. Question one, is cereal a soup? Why or why not? I would say no. Okay because soups usually uh, tend to have a broth. Oh, yeah? Know? Okay. And, and soups you can sometimes eat hot or cold. And I've never, I don't ever known anyone who, wear, who like to eat hot cereal unless they're eating oatmeal or something. But normally it's cold, you know. This is um, very true. Yeah, and cold soups, and not brothy. And cereal is just a bunch of sugar. You know, yes. Um, if you if you if you buy those box cereal brands, I mean, they're pretty much sugar is what what helps sell sell it unless you're, you know, eating um, whatever. Yeah, getting back to that. Or something. <laughs> right, it's getting back to that diet that we were talking about. Yeah, trying to get away from the but the sugar. No, a cereal is not a soup. Cereal is not a soup. You heard it here from Steve Caballero. Yeah, it's definitely not, um, <laughs> you know, my favorite soup is like chicken tortilla soup. That's oh, yes. That's yeah. a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Question two. And, uh, and, and, and folks, this is all out of good fun. So if there's any, if there's, if your name happens to be one of these names, we're not trying to hurt your feelings. This is just out of fun. What is the sexiest name and what is the least sexiest name? Um, Cab's pretty sexy. Cab's pretty sexy. That's a, sexy name. That's a very sexy name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's many versions of it, so you're never gonna get where you got street cab, MTB cab, music cab, yes. art cab, <laughs> a nutrition cab. <laughs> and then what about the the least sexy name? Sure, I don't know. I don't think I've ever, I have actually heard of. One, I mean, I don't know. There you go. Cab's a lover of all names. Yeah. See, he loves yeah. everybody. I love everybody. This is very true. Cab's, <laughs> Cab's, he's a lover. He's a lover. <laughs> <laughs> Question three What secret conspiracy would you like to start? Shoot. Well, if I start, it won't be a secret anymore. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's a good point. I didn't so even think about I that. Maybe I won't start one and keep it a secret. 
Right. If, I'll let yeah. you know when I not want to keep it secret, and then <laughs> I'll let you know what it is. Cab may or may not have started a conspiracy already, but it is a secret. He can neither nor deny or... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Cal, question four. What's invisible but you wish you could see? I wish people could see the love of God. Ooh, I like that. You know, why why so? Could, I wish people could see um, how God loves us and how he created us and, and what he is trying to show us mm. um, with our lives and how to live and how to treat people and to show a person what true love is. Um, a lot of people have an idea what love is, but I don't think they really understand and grasp the con concept of it mm. because people love a lot of things that are meaning meaningless. Right. You know? And people receive a lot of love. They think that it's love, but it's not really love. Mm. You know? But if, if yeah. people could really see and understand um, God's love and, and how he wants to show us how to be loving. Um, that's something that I wish people could see. I can see it now because I'm a believer and I have faith in God. I, mm -hmm. I couldn't see it before because I didn't want to have, it, have anything to do with it. You know, I had mm -hmm. a false impression of who God is and, 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 and what people think of him. Mm -hmm. um, but now I have a clearer picture so my eyes have been open to what the Bible says, who God is. Wow. I love that. And what was the difference that you can see with the cab who can see it now versus the one who couldn't see it? What was the, what was that difference in love? Um, that it's um, unconditional. True love is unconditional. Nice. That means there's nothing attached to it. A person who loves someone else unconditionally is a person who will do things for somebody or something without getting anything in return. Hmm. I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's unconditional. That's it. That's a great way to to live on it, and it's and it feels great to to know that 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 love is there, so you don't ever have to you know feel like it's not it's not with you, or well, or you're not there if, you just, if you're open to it. You know, um, a lot of people um, think that they need things for people to love them, or they think they they just they don't have, they don't have they don't recognize their self worth. And mm. let society di dictate that when people are more important than they feel that they are. And you don't really need someone else to show you how important you are. You know, mm. mm -hmm. God will show you how important you are um, by how he feels about you. You know, we, mm. we try to uh, receive love from people to, to, to make us see how, how our importance. We mm -hmm. use people to make us feel important. Mm -hmm. and, and when you understand God's love, he shows you that it's not about your, your fame or your fortune or your achievements. It's about your, the conditioning of your heart mm -hmm. and how you view people and how you take um, others, people's criticism and how they view you. 
you know. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's very love. It's very easy to love people who love you, but try loving people who hate you. Yeah, that you know can be saying? very difficult. Yeah, try, that unconditional. Try, yeah, try loving people who want to hurt you. Mm. you know what I mean, yeah. Um, but it's very easy to love people who who pour love on you, but that's right. not true love. Yeah, that's that love. That that's a love with a condition. Right. But true love is unconditional. Man, that's good. That's deep stuff. I've never had anybody answer that question like that. That is awesome. If, you probably if, haven't had a Bible thumper on your show either. <laughs> <laughs> I may have, but they I may have kept it. You, a, with the Bible, <laughs> <laughs> you thumped us all, but that was a good thump. That was a great thump. Yeah, things that you can't see. God's unconditional love. Yep, that's a great one. That's a great one. Man, Steve, it... It's been awesome to have you on the show and I really appreciate your time. You know, I, I know you, you got the kids this week, you had a busy day and then, you know, a bunch of stuff. So thanks for jumping on. I, I know there's a lot of people who uh, will hear this and uh, smile and laugh and, and um, also end it with this unconditional love message that you gave here at the end. I think that's amazing. Um, in closing. I didn't write that. I didn't write that. <laughs> no, I, I, I I learned that. I'm just it, I'm just sharing it with the knowledge and wisdom I learned. So that's what I'm called to do. Yeah, that's and that was awesome. That was a that was a that was an awesome answer. It, it, it's <laughs> great to get that out there. Absolutely, well, thank absolutely. Me, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank God. Thank God that Cap said that on the show. <laughs> so Cap, in closing, um, is there anything or anybody that you want to shout out to or say? Um, for the folks that are listening out there? Um, shoot, you know, I just, I'm just like, I'm just thankful to be alive and to have all the relationships that I've had my whole life. That's the most important thing to me. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's mm -hmm. what goes further in life is the your connection with people and the people that you touch and, and reach out to and help and encourage and inspire. And, <clears throat> you know, I go back and forth on a lot of things that I post on Instagram and, you know, it's definitely a place to show off of everything that you, you have in your life and, and, and show people, um, you want to share things with people, but I also want to encourage people that they can have the same things that I have accumulated or gotten, um, by just having the right mindset and just having a, a nice, positive, loving attitude towards people and just work hard. You know, everything that I've gotten in life hasn't just been given to me. I've worked super hard my whole life and people don't see the behind the scenes of how much work that I've put into my career. I mean, it, my life might look grand now and it looks like I'm playing all the time. And I probably am because I built up a career that I actually can do that, you know, but I put years of hard work and blood and sweat and stress uh, to get to where I am, you know, mm -hmm. and I still do that every single day. You know, I'm always still thinking of new ways to reinvent myself, uh, discover new things, um, learn new things, progress. Um, so, you know, I just want to be an inspiration to people 
and I want to give people hope because God gives me hope to mm -hmm. be, to live, to wake up the next day and not stress on bills or stress on life and just enjoy and not take things for granted. You know, mm -hmm. um, I love my kids, you know, I love what they give me. They've shown me a lot about myself and how I could be a better person, a better parent. Um, you know, it's a, it's, everything's a learning process, you know, become, you know, becoming a parent, becoming a husband, and that that's taken a lot of work. Um, it's taken a lot of um, letting go of my ego and my pride and being humble uh, to change and to become a better person. Because if we have a, a not so good upbringing and people who um, inspire us, we're, we end up trying to fix ourselves our whole life to change, to be a better person. And it says in the Bible, it says it's better to build up a boy than to repair a man. Hmm. So just bring up your kids right and bring mm -hmm. them, bring them up and you won't have to repair them as they get older. And mm. I think a lot of people lose sight of that. And it's a big responsibility becoming a parent. I mean, you know, when you have a, when you have a child, you have to look after that child and you have to give them the best things that they can to cope with the crazy world that we live in our, the world we live in is crazy. Yes. Yeah. It is insane. The things that people come up with, um, to hurt people, right. to take advantage of people. Um, you know, you have to prepare these, your, your kids, you have to prepare yourself to, uh, the worst outcomes, you know? So wisdom is very important when it comes to, um, learning about life and, and, and the people in it, there's, there's, there's good people and there's evil, you know? Yeah. And it's all within, within us too. You know, I've had evil thoughts before, you know, I've had good thoughts, you know, um, it's just part of who we are. It's our, it's our makeup, you mm -hmm. know, nobody's mm -hmm. perfect, you know, and, and, and some people learn, things the harder way, you know, because they don't want to take advice. They don't want to listen to wisdom, you know, and I, I'm just here to try to share wisdom with people and show that, you know, live in a certain way, you can accomplish good things and do good things in this life, you know, that we have is short, our life short, like, man, the years are going by so quick. I can't believe like, um, being, you know, in my fifties right now and, um, you know, it, I'm going to be 60 soon. <laughs> I just know it, you know, it's, it's around the corner, you know, Ask, um, yeah. and then 70 will come, you know, and hopefully 80 will come, who knows, you know, but, um, it's, it's life's about making right choices, you know, and just looking ahead, just like, you know, I'm learning mountain biking. You got to look, look ahead for mm -hmm. the next turn or the next, um, you know, um, rut or the next double you um and that's how you're going to keep yourself safe you know yeah. looking, looking ahead yeah man i think that was a great answer too to the question earlier what would you tell the 14 year old cab if you could talk mm. to him today that was a beautiful uh, way you just put it you just got a big old you from griffin umt <laughs> griffin umtb um that was awesome. Cap, for the folks who, who want to follow you in your story, um, where can they find you on uh, what social media platforms 
I know Instagram. Uh, yeah, pretty much on Instagram. I have a website, uh, stevecavalier.com, that tells my story a little bit. And I have uh, uh, an online shop that you can find products there. Um, and all the people I support. <laughs> there <you go>. <laughs> Steve Cavallo uh, shirt. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but I'm mostly, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. That's pretty much where my, my fan base is. And that's where I try to, you know, a answer questions that people have for me, you know, as much as best I can. I mean, it's a full-time job, uh, trying to, to be social on social media. Yeah. You know? I think the last I looked, you had like six, almost 700,000 followers. I mean, you're creeping up on a million people. That's going to be a full-time job to, to answer everybody. But, um, it, it's also a great place for people to follow you and what you're up to and how you inspire people and to continue to inspire by just watching cab be cab. And, um, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful to be your friend and uh, to have you to ride with in the mountain bike world. I think uh, I've been blessed to have you and run across you. So thank you to Joey Yates for that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, that is going to do it for the show. That's a good one to end on. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Cavallaro, everybody. You guys have a great night. Thank you for being on. Talk to you all on the next episode. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Cabby. <laughs>Thank you again for joining me for episode 23 with Steve Caballero. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Talking with Steve Caballero, such an impactful person to so many of us and just a down-to-earth, genuine guy. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay safe out there on the trails. Hope you are just finishing a ride or getting up to your ride. But whatever you do, send it, send it safely. And remember, folks, all of your hard work will always pay off. And thanks again for tuning in. I will see you all on the next episode.